So today we'll continue with the equanimity practice. And remembering that we're inclining the mind towards this gentle balance that's really spacious. In that spaciousness, whatever arises can be seen, experienced with a lot of intimacy. So we can think of equanimity, understand equanimity, to allow us to come closer to what's happening, but with a sense of balance around it or connected to it. Within the space of equanimity, joy and sorrow can arise and pass away. Praise and blame can arise and pass away. These experiences can be known intimately, closely, without adding any more excitement to it. There's a sense of calm around it, even though there's an intimacy with it. So sometimes it's not a feeling of pure balance and equanimity. In that space, other things can exist. There is a sense that there's some balance nearby or around the experience. There's a sense that the mind and heart are really spacious. So you might tune into that during the practice where there can be an intimacy with what's happening and yet a sense of balance around it. a sense of calmness somewhere nearby. So we begin again by establishing our posture. And within that relaxed, yet alert posture, we tune into some place in the body like the heart center. Tune into the breath. or maybe it's your hands. Choosing one place that you can relax the attention into. And you begin with the easiest person, the person you might feel most neutral about. Tune in to that individual. And using the phrase or the understanding that helps your heart and mind maintain a sense of balance around this person. 
or develop a sense of balance. Reflecting on this person's life, though we don't know it intimately, we know that all beings experience joy and sorrow. All beings have their own particular journey in life according to their intentions and choices and action. This is how it is for this person as well. So tuning into that understanding with this person And once in a while, checking into your own heart, and noticing what's going on there. Your own heart's response may be more predominant. You may be in tune with that at first, more specifically. Developing equanimity in any way you can around your own heart's experience, specifically around this person's life. This is how it is right now. May I accept how it is right now with balance and spaciousness. (laughs) Relaxing the heart, relaxing the body,
whenever you notice any reactivity in your own mind and heart to whatever is going on. (coughs) Opening to that. This is how it is in my own heart right now. Then moving on to a next person. Again, choosing someone that's relatively easy. Having a clear sense of who this is in a visceral way or a visual way. Or maybe upon reflecting about this person, there's a stronger sense of connection. Reflecting on a specific part of this person's life. that you know about. And again, developing or maintaining balance and spaciousness about that person's life, or if you notice what's going on in your own heart, directing it there. This is how it is right now. May I open to the journey of this person with acceptance, 
This is how it is in your life right now. This is how it is in my heart right now. May I be at ease with these changing conditions. And when you're ready, moving on to another individual, a family member or loved one, connecting with that person by reflecting on what's going on in their life. Maybe it's a health issue. 
or a growth issue. family or career. Maybe it's painful or joyful. Can we open to it without pushing away or hanging on? These are the conditions of life right now. May I open to how it is in your life, in my heart. If you get distracted for any reason, notice what's happening in your own mind. Bring equanimity right there.
And again, training the attention to turn towards our own hearts very specifically. Whatever is going on there, bringing a sense of balance, spaciousness. This is how it is in my own heart. May I open to this with balance and ease. Whenever that sense of equanimity is apparent and obvious, rest the mind in that. Let everything else be in the background. Let equanimity be in the foreground. And when you're ready, moving on to the next individual. Traditionally, it's a difficult person. But if you need to continue on with a loved one or a family member, trust what you need to do to deepen, to strengthen your equanimity. having a sense of who this is, reflecting again about this person. About this person's life in general or something specific.
if you ever find it's overwhelming, then just choose someone else and let this be skillful. What are you noticing? Is there reactivity in your own heart? Is there a sense of openness, balance? This is how it is right now, in my own heart, This is how it is right now in your life. Directing your attention specifically towards yourself, towards that person. May I open to how it is with balance.
And then moving on to the last individual, oneself. And here we reflect on something about our lives. It might be a particular health issue. Might be something that we're grappling with in our family life. And here, let's see if we can pay attention first to that particular situation or event of our lives. It might be some attachment we have to good health. It might be some fear we have around some challenging health issues. It might be something in the family. Reflecting on that. May I open to this part of the journey. With a balanced acceptance. This is how it is in this part of my life right now. And then checking into the various feelings that we may have about this. There may be layers of feelings, reactions, sadness or fear, attachment, resistance. anxiety. Know what's in the foreground. What's obvious.
May I open to these deeper experiences of my heart. The vulnerability. May this vulnerability or experience be surrounded by equanimity. Whatever other layers become obvious or apparent, surrounding it with equanimity, inclining the mind and heart so that it is in balance, spacious around this place, allowing it in. May this be known with equanimity. Not adding another layer of reactivity. This is how it is right now. And then coming to a close with this particular practice. Tuning in again to our heart center, to our hands or to the breath, wherever you feel most relaxed.
and then offering ourselves loving kindness, weaving in some of the equanimity understanding. offering loving-kindness to oneself. May I be safe and protected. And things are just as they are right now. Radiating loving-kindness from the inside to the outside. allowing it to gently flow back in from the outside to the inside. May I be safe. And things are just as they are. May I be peaceful and happy, no matter what's happening. May this body be healthy and strong. as much as possible. May my heart be at ease with the changing conditions of life, the changing outer conditions, the changing inner conditions. May my heart be at ease. Just as I wish this for myself, I offer this to someone nearby. Might be right next to you or someone in the building. May you be safe. May your body and mind be relaxed, at ease. Then opening that to also include everyone here in this room, at this center, all the yogis here. May you all be happy. All of our family members, wherever they are, near or far, including them. May you all be safe. 
protected. May your goodness always protect you. An opening to include all beings as far and wide as your heart can go. All the beings around here on the land and the waters of the lakes expanding to include this continent. May all beings be safe, radiating metta. All the beings of the waters around this continent, including all the lands, continents, Connecting may all beings of all the waters of all the land of all the air all beings everywhere in all directions all those seen and unseen known and unknown in all realms of existence. May you all be happy. May we share the merit of our practice with each other, our family members. By the sharing of this merit, may all beings be peaceful May all beings be benefited. May all beings be free. So today is the last day of our equanimity practice, and if you have any questions to clarify your own practice, um, now is the time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh. So there's a situation coming up, just repeating for everybody. And um, it's not possible right now to be with the whole situation with equanimity, noticing some reactivity in the mind. So the question is, is a practice about bringing the, the equanimity to that reactivity? Yes. 
Uh-huh. So that's why I'm differentiating between um, offering, not offering, but developing equanimity about the situation. And that's a little different than developing equanimity towards what we're feeling. Yeah. So in your case, you would be directing the practice more towards the reactivity that you're experiencing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so sometimes, you know, this practice, practices that we learn on retreat, like this, an intensive retreat, it's just sort of getting to know what the whole process is all about and then being able to take that home. Sometimes we, we really don't, like, succeed, as you say, right here, but that as we take it home, we might be able to find some, some balance there in our lives. It takes time. It takes a lot. One of the qualities that we learn with uh, this practice of equanimity is patience. Sometimes it can take a long time, but as we develop it, we see that it comes more naturally from within. Like now you're just, for many of you, you're just hearing my words and Hopefully it's dropping into your own mind stream so that when you're in the situation and you're just faced with it, maybe something will come up from your own heart you know, that will bring some balance to how you feel and, to the, or, and or to the situation. Yeah. A lot of times we may discover that... Um, you know, just because we're so trained, most of us are so trained not to make waves <laughs> about things, that we can, um, we can develop equanimity about the situation. I can be calm and equanimous about the situation, but sometimes I forget to look into my own heart to see what's really going on there. In your case, and in this gentleman's case here, your situation was more like you could feel what's going on in your own heart, and that's what was up front for you. And that's great. I'm glad that that was brought up. Um, And there could be times when we're not so aware of that because we're so pulled into the situation outside of us. So what I'm trying to develop here is a, um, a way that we are training ourselves to always look back, to see what's going on here over and over and over again. The same kind of training is going on in our Vipassana practice. So we're, we're you know, just trying to make that same action of looking at what's going on in our minds over and over again. And here we're developing specifically equanimity, which strongly supports uh, mindfulness. Yes. 
So the question is, we've been doing this practice, this training, with particular individuals, and will we be able to do it in the world with a bigger situation where there's violence and chaos and injustice? Yeah. Yes. We start with what's easy, so the individuals are easy. If we go to the big, bigger scene, it could be, you know, overwhelming. So, but I have found that to be true, that to be able to transfer that understanding to um, bigger and bigger events and experiences. Yeah. Just um, remember the cyclone in Burma. Yeah, so very, of course, it's very close to my heart because I, I practice there and my teachers from, are from there. So we happen to be we don't have a television at home, but we happened to be traveling where we were in touch with the, had a television. And so the cyclone happened in Burma, and then also the earthquake happened in China. And both of those were being um, aired, you know. And we were in Australia where they show um, a lot more scenes that they don't show here in America. I guess, I don't know, there's just more... um, they allow more. And so I saw things on the television that, uh, you know, we don't see much on news in America at all. And it was like horrifying to see that. And so I was looking at the scenes on the television and seeing the places where, I mean, Steve and I have been helping to build some schools in that Delta area. So there were people there that we knew. And of course, they're very close to us, and I'm not as close as Steve is to it because he travels there more often, but my heart was really wrenching at the whole situation, you know, and, and then what is the, what are, what's the military doing about it? It's not just the natural disaster part, but then what are people doing or not doing about it? And so it was too much to bear, and so... Um, I went to, what is my heart doing with it? And so that's where you're bringing out that situation where that seems the more predominant thing. What's going on in my heart? That is totally out of my control. So bringing my attention there was was really important. Um, Getting just really intimate with oneself and how we're already reacting to it. There was sadness and um, righteous indignation. And, you know, you have to be soberingly honest with yourself. And with things like that, there is a much more of um, we're called out to, like, what are they doing? Why aren't the generals doing anything about it? Why, you know? And a lot of times we go there, like, why is this happening? Why do people suffer like this, etc.? And we go there and we don't look at what's happening here. And so it's important to look here and develop equanimity about that. And then we can act. Then we can do something. So when we're dealing with something so overwhelming, come back here to your own heart and, and look at that. And so I, w- I was listening to a radio program. I got, we got back home to Maui, and I was listening to a radio program about the, um, about the earthquake in China. And there was this 
it was on NPR. And I'm just kind of touching into all this because you're going home soon, so you're going to be facing this, and it's helpful for your heart to just, you know, know that you're going into a bigger scene here, and it's not just all about me or you, (laughs) you know, that's the tendency we get so uh, inward sometimes. So in this program on NPR, um, there was this woman that was in this huge audience in Tiananmen Square. I don't know if anybody else heard this. And it was the official uh, morning time, and they were morning, M-O-U-R-N, and they were going to be officially morning for, I don't know, maybe it was that time or three days. And so they all gathered, and, and as they do in China, you know, everything together. And so they rang the bells or beat the drums, and this American broadcaster was there listening to it all. And the woman uh, beside her started to wail because it started to be the official morning. And then she just put her, she said, I'm putting the uh, microphone up. So she put the microphone up, and these thousands of people in Tiananmen Square started wailing because it was the official morning. And it was like heart-wrenching to hear that and be so connected to it, you know. And um, I remember sobbing because I had seen the television scenes of, you know, a little girl's hand coming out and the mother feeling helpless. And, you know, that's how it is. That, that is part of life. We, sometimes it's so out of our control, most of the time. So I, I felt like, you know, okay, with mindfulness I'm going to join this group and just felt the, the whale come up, you know, in my little way. And so then um, the next thing is they started chanting something in Chinese and that the woman broadcaster didn't know what it was. So they started chanting these beautiful Chinese words. And um, then she, apparently she found out what it was or maybe she just realized what it was. And she said, oh, she said the words are, they, they, started to go into the chant, and there were still some wails. And she said that this is the chant, that stand up, move on, stand up, move on, stand up, move on. And I thought, wow, that was so empowering. And that's what equanimity is, you know. It's the ability to really feel that that utter vulnerability that we have in life and that everyone has in life and to be very, very close to it, to have that intimacy with it, but to also be able to to experience that and to honestly know that without trying to cover it up with anything at all. And then to feel that there's some balance around that and then to feel that from that there's a strength to stand up and move on. And maybe the moving on is like doing something about it. Or maybe the moving on is holding the person's hand next to you. Or maybe the moving on is just saying, it's okay, I can feel this, and I'm still a human being. And it's okay to feel vulnerable 
and for others to feel vulnerable and to feel a sense of balance around that vulnerability. And then maybe the moving on has to do with taking a stand and saying you have to build better schools. You have to have just as much um, strength in you know, building those schools and the way that you build the government offices. And um, so then after that, there was more of that going on, the strength to stand up and say that. So I followed that along, and I saw that, yeah, this is part, this is part of um, developing that balance around our vulnerability so that you know, we can bring it into the world and do something about it. Or, or maybe you know, the doing something about it is not, is not uh, doing something at the moment. So equanimity is a lot about intimacy with what's going on. It's not just a bland feeling of distance. It's a lot of intimacy. That's why they say that in the realm of equanimity, in the space of equanimity, one can know pain and pleasure, praise and blame, all of that. Know it, but not get beaten about by it. So, um, but sometimes we're, we're lost in it, and sometimes we feel the space of equanimity more. So it's just to know, where are we now with it? Where are we with all that? And, um, of all the Brahma-viharas, equanimity is the strongest force. Um, it's what makes metta powerful because it dissolves the boundaries It's what makes um, compassion powerful because it allows that going forth to take action. It's said that equanimity uh, leads the way for compassionate action when one faces suffering. And uh, it's powerful in terms of sympathetic joy because one is able to open one's heart and uh, not fall into envy, not fall into... um, the exuberance of happiness and, and get lost in that attachment to happiness. So equanimity is an extremely powerful, leading the way to the unconditioned. It's the last mind state, which is a beautiful, one of the beautiful, wholesome factors of mind. Um, it's the last powerful mind state before the mind leaps into the unconditioned is equanimity. So to be able to develop it like this that we do in, in our practice where we're inclining the mind over and over again to equanimity, to be able to make that groove in the mind, that pathway that becomes more obvious, more easy to fall into. And then we naturally develop it when we do our uh, mindfulness vipassana practice because the mind needs to get used to the um, incessant changing nature of everything. It needs to get used to suffering, the, the suffering of change, the suffering of sensation, painful sensation in the body, when it, it just faces it over and over and over again, so equanimity is naturally developed. But you can help it along by doing these kinds of practices, too. It's what makes um, for less fear when 
the mind opens to the selflessness of, of experience. Yeah. As you can just uh, weave it in any time of the day. I mean, I notice that I naturally weave it into um, the, um, the Vipassana practice. The understanding of an equanimity comes in. It might not be words, but you know, when something gets overwhelming, the mind understands that this is how it is. It's, there's that understanding that's naturally there. Yeah. And sometimes when you practice it, you know, you, maybe you have your favorite phrase and you practice it like this. You will find, many people tell me that they find they're in situations and something big can happen and the, what comes to them is, okay, surrender to this. It's how it is. It's happening right now instead of resisting it. Um, yeah, my, I have a friend that says he used to, you know, with things that happened that were overwhelming, he used to say, oh, hell, you know. But then his equanimity phrase is, oh, well. <laughs> so that's his equanimity phrase. Oh, well, okay, this is how it is right now. Then um, he was facing some real difficult situation, and he said, Kamala, I'd, all, I'd rather be in oh well than oh hell. It's a much better place to be. So, yeah, so you'll find out what your phrase is, and that's what will come up. At the, hopefully, if the pathway is really, if the groove of the mind is developed, it will fall into that groove. So we're, we're deconditioning the grooves that leave that lead to unhappiness and suffering and we're reconditioning so that the pathway towards happiness and peace is more apparent to us. Yeah. So I never have asked you yet over on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one, that one was a huge one to me to realize, well, we're never really going to be friends. And just let it be that. You know, it takes a lot of these practices to, for all of these good um, comments and questions to come out where we then connect the dots. Because it can be complex, you know, the whole understanding of equanimity. And little by little we connect the dots. And we, we see it on the one-to-one understanding. And within the one-to-one we see the difference between um, facing an outer event and facing an inner event, 
And then when we take it home, it, it gets to be more relevant with regards to our family, the community, the society, the world in general, the whole understanding of that suffering does exist. This is the nature of this realm of existence. There is suffering. There is happiness. Sometimes it's inexplicable. Well, thank you all for your practice. Thank you. (laughs) Let the words, just let the words fall away now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.